Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush, and I so appreciate your being with us this week. We will be talking to Katie May, who is a therapist and group practice owner in the Philadelphia area. But before we get started with that, I just wanted to thank all the listeners, subscribers, audience members who tune into the podcast week after week. You can follow us at Woman Warriors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also sign up for the Woman Warriors and Progression Counseling newsletter if you go to progressioncounseling.com or womanwarriors.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page, and there's a place to subscribe there. I'll also provide a link in the show notes that you can click on and subscribe to the newsletter there. So our interview today is with Katie May. She is a licensed therapist and group practice owner in the Philadelphia area. She helps therapists market, fill, and run groups in private practice so that they can increase their impact and income without spending more hours in the office. She is also a group practice owner where she helps teens and runs some pretty amazing groups there in the Philadelphia area. I got to meet Katie face-to-face a couple of years ago. One of her offices was right near where my mom lived, and we got together briefly just to chit-chat about being therapists and business owners. And so it was very fun to reconnect with her today. She is going to share her story of healing. I so appreciate all you warrior, warrior women out there who've struggled, healed, are in the process of healing. Know that we're in this together. And I believe that hearing others' stories of struggle and healing is really important. Katie will also share her wisdom and her thoughts for those of you who might be struggling right now. So let's get started in our chat with Katie. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Woman Warriors podcast. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. And it's so, it was fun to see your face. I know you and I met face-to-face years ago. I don't know how long ago that was in Philadelphia, but it's nice to see you online. And uh, I would love it if you would share with the audience a little bit about you and why you do the work you do. Absolutely. So yeah, it was great to meet you. I think it was a couple years ago that we actually got to sit on a porch and talk together. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so my name is Katie May. I am a group practice owner. I own a teen support center with three locations in the Philadelphia area and um, support teenagers, mostly high risk, depression, anxiety, self-harm, suicidality, and OCD um, with my team of 12 right now. And in addition to that, I help therapists market and fill groups in private practice because groups are a big part of, of what my center does, what I've always done as a solo practitioner, and a big part of just my belief system that we as humans, need connection and a place to belong and for our teenagers especially wanted to provide them with that place where they could you know be together and know that they're not weird bad wrong different for feeling the way they do and that they there's a place where they can come home and share and not be judged for exactly who they are yeah i feel like that's such an important especially i think it's important for everyone because i find that help that dynamic in the groups I do for women, but for teens where, I don't know, you're just always, I, at least I'm all right. I'm going to speak for myself as a teen. It was hard. I, 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 you know, finding where I fit in, did I belong? You know, who was I connected to? It was teenage years were not easy for me. Yeah, no, the teenagers, I mean, and that's, the biggest reason probably that I do what I do is that I struggled a lot as a teen. And interestingly enough, it was more so in my family of origin than in my social life, even though I was, I guess, like alternative in terms of dress and, and expression and things like that. But I always had my peer group. I had my best friends. And so while there may have been others who were mean or nasty, I always had somebody who was there with me um, friend-wise. So mm. I think whatever it is we as teens are always or people but teens especially trying to find our place and who we are and so having someone or something is, is really important yeah well as you mentioned too if your family of origin uh dynamic is difficult having that alternative support in your life can be i don't know life-saving right I really do think so. And that, you know, for me was my lifeline was my best friend, especially and spending, you know, weekends or more than that, just at her house. And it's, it was a saving grace for me growing up for sure. Yeah. And you, you, um, you know, you share, you're pretty um, open about sharing your story, which I so appreciate. I've read some of your posts on social media and, you know, you've overcome a lot of stuff in your life and are now a very successful businesswoman and entrepreneur and all of that. Would you uh, be comfortable sharing some of the experiences that have led you to where you are now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I share a lot online and I'll share, or share, you know, whatever we need to talk about right now. The one boundary that I always hold in terms of what I share on social media is I have a, an, he'll be 12 next week, year old son. And anything that he doesn't know is something that the public doesn't know, because I feel like it wouldn't be fair to share something publicly before he knows it. But in terms of, sure, um, you know, my history. So I don't, there's so much, but my, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I guess the, the start was, well, I've always been highly sensitive and, and really emotional. Um, my parents divorced when I was 10, which is not unlike, I guess, 50% of the population, but it mm. wasn't, 
it wasn't a simple split. There, there was, um, you know, violence and police and years of just many unknowns and being shuffled back and forth and being the pawn in the middle of two people who got pretty nasty with each other. Mm. Um, and so that was the start of, um, I guess a lot of the challenges for me is feeling like I'm trying to think of the right words to put it into. I didn't anticipate not having the words because in writing I always do, but I guess, you know, feeling, feeling used and unwanted was Mm. a big part of um, my 10 year old on in my early years for sure. Yeah. And I so appreciate your saying that, you know, what your son what you have not shared with him stays with you because I know when I decided to share my own trauma story that I, I, I was like, oh, geez, I guess I have to really talk seriously with my children. And they're, they were adult children, but still, yeah. like, I, they need to be prepared for this too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at least for me, there's parts of my story, you know, that ways that I coped with, um, you know, trauma and abuse and things like that, that, that I'm not proud of, including, you know, oh, yeah. substances, yep. that that was the part that was most difficult for me to share because it was so shameful for me. And I've learned in the past maybe six months, as I've talked about it more, is that I'm not a bad person for having right. chosen her you know, found these ways that I coped as a 16 through 20 year old that, you know, I didn't have any other skills then, which, um, so yeah, it was difficult to talk about. And there's, you know, even now, as I talk about it, I feel my face getting red and it's hard to share. And, but I also know that the more I share, like the post that I made, um, right around Christmas time, that was really difficult for me, um, got such a response and people private messaging me and saying, you know, I went through this too. And I wish I had known. And again, going back to the idea of groups, like I'm not alone in what I experienced and it's okay to share some of these things. Oh yeah. And, you know, just, I would agree that just the shame around what, how you responded and coped in the past can really weigh us down as adults. But I think what resonated with me in your post at Christmas, when you were talking about how, you know, maybe this was one of the first Christmases that you really could find joy because of your experience that, you know, you were also talking about the healing of those younger parts, you know, who struggled and who it was hard for. And that, you know, with, you know, however we learn to cope to me, that sort of coming to terms with those parts that did whatever they had to do to survive is so important. Yeah, I think it's, you know, holding those younger parts in compassion, right? That Mm -hmm. this is, um, thinking about my 10 year old self, my 16 year old self, my 22 year old self and the quote unquote mistakes that they made in trying to deal with these overwhelming situations that really outstripped my ability to cope with them and, and yeah. holding myself and healing myself, which is really important. And interestingly enough, while I have, um, 
unfollowed or blocked a lot of my family of origin who who chose to not have me in their life. I still got some backlash of um, people telling me that I, I shouldn't have shared or that, you know, what I was saying was wrong or the same messages of being bad or wrong or different or weird for being who I am, which is something that I've carried with me through my life until recent years. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And those family messages of stay quiet, get along, don't rock the boat, like don't share what's going on for goodness sakes. Like that can be a very hard journey to work through when you're recognizing how dysfunctional it is. Well, and for me, it was always everything needs to present as perfect from the outside. Yeah. You know, well, for my family, everything needs to look perfect. We can't share about these things. This is a family secret. And for me, you know, again, being sensitive, having the emotions that I do, I was like, what do you mean? Like, this isn't normal. This can't be this way. I need to talk about this. And and that was something that was punished. And that was something that, that wasn't okay. And I think, you know, a part a big piece of the reason that led me to be a therapist because I have been in therapy since I was 10. And that was the place where I could talk about these things and feel safe and been in my own therapy group when I was a teenager. And so a lot of my life experiences led me to who I am today. And I am grateful for that part of it. Yeah. And so, you know, what, when do you see a shift happening in your life and where did you get that support? You said you were in therapy, you got group therapy as well as a teenager, which is amazing, which I was going to say, I'm not sure that was even available when I was a teenager. Of course, I'm sure it was, but I didn't get any of that. (laughs) So yeah, what, what was the, what, what helped that shift for you? There were several things and I have to kind of backtrack my story to get there. The shift for me happened. So I basically from my teenage years into my mid-20s abused substances as a way to cope with my reality, my pain of, you know, all of the things that I went through. Um, In that time, I also went to college, graduated college, held a job, paid for myself to get through college. So like a very functioning person in addition to having this like secret shame of ways that I coped with things. Mm. Um, I got pregnant when I was 26. It was a surprise pregnancy, but it was the thing that changed my life in Mm. almost every way, because it's when I realized that life was bigger than the pain that I was holding inside of me and that it was my responsibility to heal so that I could be a different kind of parent to my child than my parents were to me. And that I could look outside myself and take care of someone else without it being, um, I don't know how to say this in non-clinical terms, but like a self-object, like having a child who was there to serve my own needs and my own ego was not something that was okay with me because that's, I grew up in a narcissistic family. Mm. Um, And so that was the start of the change for me. I got laid off of a job just coincidentally early in my pregnancy. And so I was collecting unemployment, finding myself really going deep into my own healing journey. And that's when I decided that um, I had a degree in journalism, but I decided I wanted something more and that I wanted to go back to school. So that's when I decided to go to school to be a therapist. Um, Wow. Wow. So single mom, unemployed, decides to go back to school school. That's a lot. I mean, I guess it's <laughs> normal to me. Like that's just, that's, yeah, I don't know that I find comfort in knowledge. Like that's yeah. all in me. So yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, I went back to school and that was a part of the healing journey too, was like, you know, I mean, you've been through a graduate counseling program. You learn oh, yeah. about yourself as a part of learning how to be a therapist. Yes, yes, yes. I would say that, yeah, was a huge shift for me. Just, yeah, recognizing how much I was struggling because of my trauma and the anxiety that I carried around with me all the time. Right, right. And then in in addition to that, it was really the first time in my adult life that I had interacted with people not being high, like just being a sober, real person. Wow. Um, so yeah. that was a learning experience and, and a lot of um, shame and embarrassment that, you know, not knowing what to do in social situations as a healthy adult, because I never had that healthy adult model. I only had people arguing and shaming and threatening in my life before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then I got my first job at a partial hospital. And again, the, the learning experience of being around people who were healthy, being around people who um, had these positive interactions. And I think for the most part, learning so much about myself that, you know, I, every iteration of my life's journey from, you know, the pregnancy on learning that I'm not as weird and bad and wrong and different as I thought that I was because that's the message that I always got and really learning that I was okay. Yeah. Well, and I think that is, you know, I have had clients, you know, come to therapy saying like, what do I need to do to get to there, you know, to where I feel like I'm okay and good yeah. enough and all of that. And it's such a personal journey, you know, it's like here, you can't just be like, here are the steps to get you from A to B. It's like, you have to, I mean, yes, therapy can help you find those steps, but it is such a personal journey. Yeah. And I found so much of the journey was in the doing. Like, yes, yes. there were therapists that helped me every step of the way, but, and so much of it was doing and learning, doing mm -hmm. and feeling uncomfortable and embarrassed and ashamed and then learning, oh, wait. I can handle this and I'm okay. And I've learned how to be different and better because of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. The doing and, and surviving the doing <laughs> and, and even thriving in the doing. Exactly. Yeah. One final step for me that really solidified everything. Um, so I met my husband or we reconnected. Actually, he was my high school crush, but we never mm. really talked in high school. And, <laughs> mm. and then he found me or I guess connected with me on Facebook and we reconnected. Um, and so, you know, the more we got into our relationship and I, I, I get a lump in my throat and I, I cry thinking about this, but meeting his parents and how kind and genuine and honest they were with me. Mm -hmm. And again, because my own parents, not like this, but yeah. um, being able to say things like, you know, sometimes you, you come across as really sarcastic and it makes me feel like you don't care what I have to say. And just saying those really honest, genuine in the moment things that yeah. I am crying now helped me learn. Oh. Like, yeah. It's safe and okay to just be real and be in this moment. And so that for me was so important. Yeah. Yeah. I can just feel, feel that. And that validation and love and, and people who are willing to share with you how they're feeling with you is so amazing. Yeah. Something that I, I had never had in a real 
person interaction outside of the therapy room. I mean, obviously, you know, my husband, who was my, my boyfriend and then fiance at the time, we had had those kinds of conversations, but like for parents, for the model of parents to do that for me was so powerful. Yeah. Especially when, so, you know, if you've grown up in a house with dysfunction and, and narcissism and, you know, there's so much shame around, you, you know, uh, just who you are, yeah. you know, as a child and as a person, you know, so much is directed at you that you're the problem versus like, hey, here's this thing I'm noticing. Right. Maybe you can, you know, I just want you to know how this is impacting me. Exactly. And it, it, you know, made me realize all of my defenses and all of the ways that I, I had built up to cope with unhealthy interactions that were no longer in my life. And so, yeah, it was, it was a big part of, of the shift for me. Mm. Yeah. So what are there things that you, you know, if there are either parents of teens or teens who are in the audience of, you know, part of the audience listening, like what, or yeah, adults who've experienced difficult life experiences as well. What would you share for them? What, what might you say to someone who is struggling? I would say number one, you are okay as who you are and you can heal from this. And so thinking about who are the people that are going to support your healing process? Who are the people that are going to be there for your health yourself versus the people that would want to hold you in your unhealthy self? And, and, and you know, being willing to release or let go of the people that, that aren't going to support you being your healthiest self. So that would be one thing that, you know, um, surrounding yourself with the people who are going to best support you. Mm, and then, yeah. Two, the second part, being willing to be uncomfortable as a part of the healing process, that you can't think yourself into feeling healthier. You need to actually do the things and assume the the role of the person who is the healthier you. And mm. and then your emotions and your mind will eventually catch up to that. And that's not an easy thing to say or do, but but I think for me that was really a big part of it was throwing myself into the person that I wanted to be, even though I didn't feel like that person all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we all know what imposter syndrome feels like, but sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> eventually, really embodying that person and, and knowing it as a truth rather than as something that we want to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I so so appreciate your sharing your story today i feel like it again as a group it's so important to know that you know i i would say you know we've all struggled with something in our lives you know difficult childhoods are particularly difficult in adulthood i think just sort of coming to terms with what happened and healing but knowing that we're not alone in this and i think it's really important Absolutely. Yeah. So if people wanted to know more about you and your work, how would they find you? So depending on who those people were, (laughs) (laughs) if parents or teens need support, 
I would love to be of support, creativehealingphilly.com. We have a full team of adolescent specialists. If therapists need support, marketing, and filling groups in private practice, becomeagroupguru.com is how I help therapists really widen their reach and help more people come together and feel like they're not alone. Mm, Yeah, both such great resources. Uh, I know I've interacted with a lot of your stuff uh, about the groups online and um, that's been really helpful and in Facebook. Yeah. All of it. Super yeah. helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. I just so appreciate your being here. And um, I hope that as we, if this podcast is airs when the coronavirus is still happening. I hope everybody out there is staying safe. Absolutely. Safe and healthy. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Katie May. I just really appreciate her willingness to be vulnerable and share with us her journey. She is a true warrior woman who has made it through some very tough times and has created an amazing business in Philadelphia as well as online, helping other therapists get their groups up and running. And she's also just very honest and upfront about her struggles as well as her successes. So I appreciate her sharing her story here today. Again, you can find us on social media at Woman Warriors on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you will follow us there. You can also subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. So if you subscribe, they get delivered right to you, to your listening device. You can also leave an honest review, which I would truly appreciate. They're in the same space of where you subscribe. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope that your week is filled with kindness and love and joy and support for yourself and others. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com. Thank you.